Your hour of Thrive Time begins now with your host, Jay Mamie, on the Jay Mamie Talk Show. Jay Mamie Talk Show. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another hour of Thrive Time. My name is Jay Mamie, and I am thankful that you are joining us this Sunday morning for another powerful show. I'm excited about today's show. So if you are visiting for the first time, let me just extend a welcome to your first visit to the show. And if you are a returning listener, I just want to thank you for continuing to support this program. I know that many of you are starting to really catch the buzz around our show and the content that is delivering. So whether it's your first time or returning, I just want to take the time to thank Thank you for being here today. By the way, today's show is being sponsored by Evolve Bank and Trust Mortgage Company. You can call John Astrolago at 845-661-4049 to assist you with all of your purchase and refinance needs. They are NMLS number 441861. But guys, today's show is going to be one, I believe, that will go down as a classic show. All of our shows have been fantastic, but I'm excited about today's show because our featured guest is Tony Award-nominated actor and singer Robert Cuccioli is with us today. And our business spotlight is the globally renowned hairstylist and founder of the Hair Authority, Buddy Sharp, is with us today on our Business Spotlight. So we've got quite the show to unwrap for you today. So you are at the right place at the right time this morning. By the way, if you have not had a chance to visit some of our prior episodes, make sure that you catch our prior episodes at the archive section at our website, thejmamietalkshow.com. And while you're there... Take a peek at our business directory section. A lot of these folks are great people with great services, and they support this program, so we want to support them as well. I want to dive right into our show today because we've got so much to cover that I think it becomes such a wonderful time to really understand as we're entering into 2021. And by the way, that's been our theme for these last few weeks. What do you do? What do you have to adjust? What are some of the areas where you're deficient at that need to have a shoring up on in order for you to thrive in 2021. That's been our theme, and we're going to continue that for the rest of the year as we usher in a new year. But I've been giving a lot of thought to what are the characteristics and the qualities that world-class thrivers share. You know, over my career, I've had the privilege of meeting and speaking with hundreds of amazing, self-made, successful individuals from all walks of life. And from many different careers and industries. And if I were to look for common denominators among these incredible people and those that are thrive-minded, people that maybe have not yet arrived at that place where they consider themselves successful, but they're on their way, they're thrive-minded, I would have to say that there are a number of common denominators that come to mind. By the way, I really wouldn't have to look any further than the fantastic people that have already been a part of this show, either as featured guests, business spotlights, or even those that have been in our impact spotlight segment. I wouldn't have to go further than looking at these folks. But one of these common denominators that I have found that these incredible people share among many, but one of them is humility. Humility. Their ability, and I believe strong desire, to stay humble is what gives them tremendous likability But equally important, relatability. I submit to you that people are attracted more, want to follow more, and support more those that exercise humility. By the way, humility is not thinking less of yourself, 
but rather thinking of yourself less. It is putting the needs of others first. That's one of those denominators that makes these individuals that I've studied over time so special. It is always being aware that there are much greater things happening around the world than your own agenda. It's appreciating the privilege and the blessings that you have and taking nothing for granted. I've seen that as a common denominator among some of the great ones. But humility gives rise to another common denominator, and that is the power to remain grounded. You see, staying grounded, it allows you to ask the right questions when those questions need to be asked. In other words, when things aren't going right, when you feel yourself off course, when you're lost, staying grounded allows you to ask the right questions, which will help you to get back in alignment with your identity. It helps you get back on track with your identity. In other words, it's easy for thrive-minded, goal-driven, and success-seeking individuals to get sidetracked sometimes. I mean, it happens. It happens to all of us. You get sidetracked because of a, of a, an idea, or you get sidetracked because you're discouraged. You get sidetracked because something else sounds exciting. You get sidetracked because you hear that someone says something about you that you don't really think uh, it's... It serves you, and then all of a sudden you try to change who you are. It's easy to get sidetracked when you are a thrive-minded, goal-driven, success-seeking person. But being grounded provides the compass which leads you back. It's the compass that leads you back. By the way, humble beginnings along with solid parenting often are the attributes when you meet someone who is grounded even with notable success. Those humble beginnings and those parents that kept you grounded are attributes that all of the thrivers and a number of successful people have in common. By the way, loyalty is yet another common denominator. You see, there's something to be said about not abandoning ship, (laughs) about not abandoning ship and leaving behind those who sailed the rough waters with you, alongside of you, in your journey of success early on. There's people that stood by you during those tough times on your way to success. Can't abandon ship on them, but it happens too often, doesn't it? I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. There are some people that you have recognized that have abandoned ship on you, on their way to success, and and, and maybe you've done that for others. And by the way, I, I don't just mean staying loyal to people. I, it's, it's not just loyalty to people. I mean also staying loyal to your principles, to your beliefs, to your work habits, not abandoning your work habits, and most importantly, your disciplines. You know, the things that got you there in the first place, those aren't the things you become disloyal to. Those are the things you stay loyal to. The people and the activities and the habits and the things that got you to where you are and where you're heading, those are the things you stay loyal to. Finally, a common denominator that I I have to admit is probably for me, one of the ones that I cherish the most, one of the ones I admire the most is these people that are wonderful in practicing selfless sowing of seeds into the success harvest of others. 
they are selfless sowers of seeds into the success harvest of others. What seeds? What seeds do they sow? Seeds of time. Seeds of their own time they sow into the harvest of others. Seeds of their own wisdom they sow into the harvest of others. Seeds of their own energy and creativity into the harvest of others. Hey, they, they sow selfless seeds of encouragement into the harvest of others. They get more excited at times to see another person's dream come to pass than they get excited for their own. Or they get equally as excited to see someone else's dream come to pass as they get excited for their own. They are not shortchanging the opportunity to contribute into someone else's success. And let me just give you the last one. And I love this one because this is the one that I've come to grip with. And I know many of you, as I mention it, will say, hey, you know what? That's me or that needs to be me. But a common denominator among successful, driven, thriving people is that they grant themselves grace. You see, you are not always going to get it right. And by the way, I'm, I'm speaking to those of you that are after something, that you are pursuing something to whatever degree that we're talking about here. It's easy to beat yourself up when you make a bad decision, when you perform less than you can, when you uh, drop the ball, uh, when you get discouraged, when you get disappointed in yourself. It's easy to do that. We're human, right? But you also have to have the ability to grant yourself grace. Grant yourself the grace to recover. Grant yourself the grace to shake the dust off your back and keep moving forward. Realize that you are human. We are human and we will fail at times. They are great at granting themselves grace. Folks, I share with you that if you emulate these traits, they will serve you well. They will serve you well on your journey to thrive. They will serve you well in your uh, if you're experiencing a great measure of success. And not only will they serve you well, they will continue to provide for you opportunities to go further, reach more, do more, become more, and ultimately that greater version of you that you are pursuing, you will find that you arrive there with a lot more peace of mind, a lot more sense of uh, fulfillment, and you'll have a lot of people around you too that will always pat you on the back. Folks, I'm excited about today's show. It's going to be fantastic. Our featured guest, Robert Cuccioli, will be coming up next, and we're going to hear from him because he emulates a lot of these traits that we have just shared. We'll hear from him right after the break. One of the books that I recently wrote has helped so many people that are stuck in this place where they are now in what I call a downward spiral. Hello, everyone. This is Jay Mamie, and I want to encourage you to take a look at a book called Battling Invisible Enemies, Facing Your Inner Struggles Head On. If you are struggling or being challenged by fear or anxiety or doubt or depression or discouragement, this book is for you. It's called Battling Invisible Enemies, Facing Your Inner Struggles Head On. You can buy the book at jmamie.com. Did you know you can win your divorce without a court fight? Hi, I'm Camille Milner. I'm a collaborative divorce lawyer. Collaborative divorce offers you privacy, efficiency, control, and most of all, it's better for your children. 
If you would like to learn more about collaborative divorce, visit my website at milner-law.com. That's M-I-L-N-E-R-Law.com. Here's Mark and Madison talking about Milestone's complete Furnace Super Boost. So the greatest thing about our Furnace Super Boost is it Super Boost performance. Your furnace will blow stronger and warmer. True, but I think an even greater thing about it is it Super Boost energy efficiency. Sure, but you know an even way greater thing than your example is that every Super Boosted Furnace comes with a breakdown-free guarantee. Ah. That's right, folks. Your Super Boosted Furnace will blow stronger and warmer using less energy and you get our 12-month breakdown free guarantee it's the greatest hmm i win no but you forgot the greatest part of all what (gasps) our milestone furnace super boost only cost 129 bucks oh yeah you win that is the greatest well it's all great it's all great yeah Call Milestone for your $129 Furnace Super Boost. Online at callmilestone.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. I've got on the line here our featured guest today. Robert Cuccioli first appeared on Broadway in 1993 as Javert in Les Miserables, but he is best known for originating the lead dual title roles in the musical hit Jekyll and Hyde, for which he received a Tony Award nomination and won the Joseph Jefferson Award, the Outer Critics Circle Award, the Drama Desk Award, and the Fanny Award for Outstanding Actor in a Musical. His incredible career extends to numerous works on Broadway, off-Broadway, regional theaters, national tours, television, film, and recording. And we're excited that he's on the show today. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jay. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today, and I want to dive right into it because there's a lot for us to unwrap. Robert, it'd be great if you can share with our listeners a little bit about your earlier story, if you could. Uh, Well, my earlier story was not involved in acting at all, Uh, Well, just to a large extent. Uh, I grew up um, on Long Island, uh, New York, and... Uh, I never had any aspirations of theater as a career. I I never even thought of it as a career. Uh, I was on my way to becoming a corporate lawyer, actually. Um, And I I went to school for finance. Um, However, during uh, during my elementary school years, my high school years, and even in college, I did... um, uh, many things in related to the arts. I was in drama clubs. I was in glee clubs. I was in a rock band. I was in an acapella group. Uh, so obviously I was attracted to the arts and to the performing arts, but I never really thought of it, like I said, as a career until I got into my senior year of college and I was at St. John's University in Queens, New York, and um, I had joined the uh, the drama club in, uh, uh, in St. John's called the Chapel Players. And uh, I was doing a production of Godspell my senior year of college. And uh, it was during that time when uh, people said to me, you know, you're really good. Did you ever think of doing this as a career? And um, and that's when the light bulb went off. And I I said to myself, you know, if I... If I don't give this a try, 
I will say what if all my life, mm-hmm. and I don't want to live with that. So I um, I knew nothing about the uh, about acting. I knew nothing about the industry at all, and uh, I proceeded to you know make up a resume and get some really bad headshots done. <laughs> and uh, I started doing I started doing auditions. Uh, uh, trying to get an agent, uh, all sorts of things. It was my whole career ever since then has been trial and error. Mm. But uh, um, that's how it started. But in the meantime, I I had already paid for the sheepskin. So I got a job at EF Hutton. I worked on Wall Street uh, for about three years. But in the interim, I would, you know, on my lunch hours, I'd go up to the theater district, I'd, I'd look for an agent, I'd do auditions, all that sort of thing. And uh, I finally got a job at the Light Opera of Manhattan, which was a repertory company that did Gilbert and Sullivan and operettas. And uh, it worked 52 weeks out of the year. Wow. Uh, you would do you would do uh, a, you do a performance one night. And in the afternoon before that performance, you'd be rehearsing the next show, which would open in two weeks. So I worked on Wall Street, and then I went uptown, and I did that every single day for about a year and a half, uh, doing both, talking about having a Jekyll and Hyde life. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, I I finally uh, said, I I can't do this anymore, and I had to make a choice, and I I chose theater, and my parents cried. (laughs) 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 And that's the end. That's a real button, that story. Now, now, do you come from a, a typical traditional Italian household? Italian American, yeah. Uh, my my parents are uh, are first generation American. Mm-hmm. Uh, their their parents came over from Italy, uh, so yeah. So it's a very you know Italian American middle class Italian American uh, household, yeah. Yeah. So I can imagine when you got home and you say, "Hey, mom, I'm going to pursue an acting career." Meanwhile, you're three years on Wall Street with a pretty reputable firm, right? E.F. Hutton, and now yeah. it's going to the unknown of the arts. Uh, I'm sure that didn't go well. <laughs> no, it didn't. And, and I was also the only—I'm the only son. Oh wow! So, okay. so that was—that was—you uh, know—that was another blow as well. So l- let me ask you this, because people sometimes reach points of pivot, right? They're used to doing something that is comfortable; it's predictable. Uh, AKA a, a, a salary, and there's nothing wrong with that. A job, right? I, I get that. But your passions yeah. pull you elsewhere, and your passions were pulling you into the arts, into theater. Um, but it comes to the point where you say, you know, I, I've got to make a decision: whether do I stay in this predictable, comfortable, steady, secure road, or do I travel into the unknown? You went into the unknown. What was that spark, mm-hmm. though, that allowed you to say, you know what, I'm going to do this? Ignorance. <laughs> join the club <laughs> join the club <laughs> yeah you know it's, it's uh, i was i was much younger uh although you know relatively older for for this business because uh the i would say the majority of people that are in uh are in acting uh say that they came out of the womb knowing that this is what they wanted to do mm. So they started pursuing that kind of a career at a very, very young age and um, were on that path right from the start. I was, you know, 
say 25 when I, when I made that switch. Um, but I was still young and uh, I guess naive and felt that it was, uh, I didn't, I didn't think of the risk too much. Uh, I, I just, it's something that I wanted to pursue and, and that's, that's all that mattered to me. I think there's something to be said about not overcalculating uh, the cost, right? I mean, certainly you want to cost, you want to count the cost to decisions, but sometimes if you overanalyze, you get stuck there, you get paralysis of it, and you never decide to really do what, what your heart's asking you to do, what your heart is pulling or tugging you to, to, to pursue. So what was it about acting and performing, speaking about that, that grabbed the, a hold of your heart? Uh, boy, you know, it's changed over the years. Mm. Uh, it changed from when I, when I first was doing it in school. Uh, you know, it was a good way to meet girls. Uh, <laughs> it, it was, uh, you know, then it, then it became uh, a way to, uh, to express, um, myself. I guess I was a little, I, I was, I felt repressed or whatever, or controlled, um, by family or something. And it was a way to, uh, to be in another, be in another person's skin, uh, to be in a fantasy, to, to, to dream, to something. Um, now it's more of, and over the, over my professional career, it's been more about wanting to, um, wanting to affect people, uh, whether it is uh, to create some sort of um, change to, to, uh, to enact a, a change in someone, uh, the way they think, or to look at something a different way, or to, to touch someone, or even to just entertain. It's, uh, it's all the above now, it's, it's, but it's, it's basically about the want to affect uh, people in, in some way. You know, I, I can relate to that because it took a long time for me to realize why I do what I do. <clears throat> and I've also been in, in theater a long time ago. I mean, I always, I've always been in, in a position of performance in one way or another. You and I have to share the common ground, that uh, the commonality of, of financial services. I mean, that's, that's kind of where I got started, and you and I were chatting about that uh, uh-huh. yesterday. And, and so the, the, our trajectories although different paths, but there's a, there's a common denominator to that. But I, I found out that what, what I appreciate the most whenever I get in front of an audience is being able to see their faces and knowing that for yeah. that, for that moment, just for that moment, didn't matter. It doesn't matter what's going on in their lives. It doesn't matter who they're fighting with, what's going on at work, their kids. It doesn't matter for that brief moment of time. I changed their lives. I changed their countenance. I changed the way they think. Uh, I changed mm-hmm. their mood. I, I and I made an impact on them, and their face yeah, tells a took, story. Yeah, exactly. Or you took them out of themselves for a little bit. There uh, you go. Yeah, absolutely. That's 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 where I am in my career. Yeah. So, who has inspired you throughout your career? I'm sure it's changed, but but who would you say comes to mind that has inspired you throughout your career? Uh. Well, it has changed, and it's it's my mentors. Um, I've had a number of people that took me under their wing uh, throughout my career, and um, 
you know, I had a, I had a, a lovely British actress. Uh, her name was uh, Elizabeth Burgess Har, and uh, she she took me under her wing very early on. Um, I had a she she also she beat my Long Island accent out of me, <laughs> uh, and she taught me Shakespeare. Um, uh, this was, and that's, and I think that's where my love of acting came from. Uh, I could always sing. I was, you know, I was blessed with a with a voice that I ended up training. But um, I had a I had a natural gift which I was blessed with. And uh, but I always wanted to be known as an actor. I guess the grass is always greener. But um, she she inspired me to be an actor as well as a singer. Um, I had uh, another, another gentleman, uh, uh, Raymond Allen, who was one of the uh, founding members of the Light Opera of Manhattan, which was the first theater company that I was involved in. And uh, he was one of my mentors also. He guided me. Um, I've had, you know, acting teachers, uh, Freddie Caraman. Uh, who's and all these people are no longer with us, mm. uh, unfortunately. He he uh, guided me. He was my first acting teacher. You know, I learned so much from him. Uh, one of my first major voice teachers, uh, Tony McDowell, uh, learned so much from him. He gave me the basis for my voice, and um, I owe him so much. I mean, these these people trained me they they took care of me and they inspired me so um and i and then there are more, there are others as well that have gone down the list but they were the beginning of my career yeah well i'm sure all of them are pleased with their work i'm sure of it oh, well thank you you're welcome buddy so one question before we go to break I spoke in my earlier segment about the common denominators of those that are successful, thrive-minded individuals from all walks of life, and I talked about humility and being grounded and being selfless and loyal, and these are, these are common denominators. In your successful career, in your many achievements, what have they taught you about staying humble and grounded? Uh, well... I think it's important. I mean, it's, and it's, it's challenging in this career because you have to balance letting people know who you are, what you've done and what you can do um, with, with having some humility in what you've done and and what you can do and and who you are i mean it's it's a it's a fine line because you've got to be able to promote yourself yet stay humble about you know uh, about that as well um so it's it's very tough and and some people are able to make that balance um in this career and and some you know lean one way or the other so it, I think maintaining that that yin and yang, you know, is mm-hmm. is, uh, is well. That's that's what one needs to do anyway in any kind of part of their life. But uh, but I think it's it's a, an exceptional challenge for this 
this career. I agree. It is a fine line. Rob, when we come back after the break, I'm going to get your thoughts on the pandemic and how it's forced actors and actresses to become more creative. Um, I'm uh-huh. sure you've got a bunch to say about that. So, guys, we'll be back with Robert Cuccioli right after the break. Hey, everyone. Most of you know that I am a big supporter of veterans coming from a veteran family. I want to encourage you to attend the second annual Veterans Appreciation Lunch. It's sponsored by the Fellowship Power Lunch Organization. It's being held Tuesday, November 17th from 1130 to 1 at the Embassy Suites in Frisco. For more information, go to fellowshippowerlunch.com or you can email to Lisa K N at sbcglobal.net. That is Lisa K-K-A-Y-N at sbcglobal.net. Are your health insurance premiums making your wallet sick? Good news, you have options. Care Insurance has been providing health insurance to thousands of families and business owners over the last 12 years with an average savings of 40% with the same or better benefits. In fact, they guarantee that if they can't give you a better price with better coverage, they'll give you 50 bucks just for getting a quote. So make sure that you reach out to the folks at Care. 1-800-291-5279, affordacareinsurance.com. We're making house calls a thing again. Dispatch Health, in collaboration with Texas Health, dispatches urgent medical care professionals right to your home, work, or wherever you are, whenever you need them. For everything from COVID-19 testing and treatment to more everyday issues like respiratory infections, migraines, dehydration, sprains, strains, and minor fractures, Dispatch Health comes to you. See how it works at dispatchhealth.com DFW. Most major health insurance accepted. Jim's taxes were an unbelievably tangled mess. I'd had almost 10 years of trouble with the IRS trying to get my taxes taken care of. The IRS offered no help. It was horrifying. The IRS just wouldn't work with me. Tim finally called in the big guns. Then Optima got involved, and I mean, they really got involved. Optima Tax Relief, the leading tax resolution firm, is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau, and they've resolved over a half billion dollars for their clients. They took care of me like no one else ever did. No more phone calls, no more stress. And when it was all over, Tim looked at the final verdict. I fell to my knees when I opened that letter up and read what I read. Oh my God, it was unbelievable. I knew I had a new beginning. Do what Tim did. Call Optima now for a free consultation. It's like having two lives, the one before Optima tax and the one after. Call 800-845-8122. Optima Tax Relief. Testimonial from an actual client. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back, everyone, to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. We're on the line right now with Tony Award-nominated actor Robert Cuccioli, having a great time and just learning so much from him. Well, we're going to pick up where we left off in our last segment. Robert, the the pandemic has created very unique situations for actors and actresses, uh, whether it's Broadway, whether it's television uh, or, or, or theater. Uh, it, it's created a very unique situation. So how creative does an actor and an actress have to become now in order to keep things moving? Oh, my Lord. Uh, it is um, uh, this is the this is probably like the ultimate test of, mm-hmm. of creativity. Because uh, none of us could do what we do, you know, it's uh, and trying to find a way to um, to continue what we do is is has been an ultimate challenge. And uh, I think that um, I think many people, well, well, I can speak for myself. Uh, I know that I went through 
a disbelief, a grieving. Uh, you know, I went through all the stages of grief when um, when the pandemic hit, and not not fully knowing how long it was going to be, and then you finally realize how long it's going to be, and what do you do? And uh, so I think that there was a pause for a while, and then it's funny because come late August, September, it's like more people weren't really pausing. They were working during that time, but come come August, September, there was an explosion of work. It's like everyone everyone's doing a Zoom reading. Mm. Everyone, I mean, Zoom is like the new uh, the new platform and whatever you may want to think of it. It's not my favorite venue, but, um, but it allows people to get their work out there to, um, to still be create creating, to have it seen to, uh, uh, playwrights are still writing. Um, they're, they're getting, they're honing their, their work. Uh, so then they're getting ready for when it can finally be on a stage again. Uh, composers are still writing. Lyricists are still working on it. They're they're getting it ready for when we can all be on stage again. And actors are finding um, they're they're doing projects to help the playwrights and the writers and the uh, uh, the composers to get their work honed. They're also spending a, 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 the bulk of our time doing benefits mm. uh, to raise money for um, for institutions like uh, the Actors Fund or other. Uh, or I'm, I may be jumping uh, uh, onto another topic here, but uh, that's quite a right. Uh, raising raising money for these other. Uh, institutions that help people in my profession, because uh, the thing is that um, I don't know how many people realize that this this profession is being devastated, mm-hmm. um, and people in my profession are cannot make a living right now, and theaters are are closing. And um, it's a tragic, uh, it's a tragic event right now, and it's I don't think it's talked about enough, um, you know, especially when they talk about stimulus plans and and things like that. It's it's I feel like we are uh, we are are pretty much forgotten or left to the sidelines. So it's it's. Uh, so a lot of a lot of things are being done to help people in my profession to survive. Uh, so, but that that jumped off the rails of the creativity thing. But uh, it's uh, it's part of it. You know, we've all got to be creative in how to help each other on top of uh, staying uh, staying creative for ourselves. You know, I, I, I mean, tell I'm you. using this time. I'm using this time also uh, to work on myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm working on. I'm working on my craft. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a pause, so I'm like, okay, let me. What can I do to to be even better at what I do when it's all when it's all moving again? 
So it's it's that as well. You know, one of the things I've, I've spoken to a number of other individuals and I get into a little bit of coaching and a little bit of counseling and just working with, with them is this is an improvement season. It's really what it is. It is an uh, un, unexpected, uncalled for improvement season because what else can you do but take this time, this interim, this season to get better, to improve. And I think those yeah. that, that do not do that and they walk away from this season, however long the season um, lasts, being the same as if when they first entered it, I think there is a travesty. I think there yeah. is a challenge. If, if you just wasted time, boy, we can talk about that uh, for another hour or so. Um, but, sure. but but you're right. Yeah. I mean, the creativity, I've, I've got clients that are musicians, they're orchestra players in, in a lot of the shows on Broadway, and I speak to them, and, and they're struggling, but some of them are finding ways to become creative by holding music classes, music lessons online to be able to, mm-hmm. to, to at least keep busy and keep generating income. And it's, it's, you're right, it's not a, a message that is heard enough to any strong degree in the media. And, it's, uh, and I know that this is a tough time. Um, but what projects are you currently working on as you are taking this season to improve? I know you've got some things, you've got rehearsals. What are you working on? Um, yeah, a, a bunch of things. Actually, just to, to dovetail what you were just finishing up to button that up a little bit. I do a lot of master classes also uh, for young students. Um, and, and God love these kids. I mean, I, I feel my heart breaks for them because they're, they're just on the cusp of graduating school and they want to come and take over and, and take on the world. And, but the world has stopped. Mm-hmm. So they don't know what to do. So it's about, you know, I encourage them to like, hey, guys, it's okay. This is extra time. This is, you get extra credit now to work on yourself and, and to improve even better for when, you, for when the world starts turning again. So I've been doing master classes uh, for kids, and uh, I just did two big uh, projects. One was um, when the pandemic hit. I was in rehearsals for a play uh, called A Touch of the Poet, uh, which is a Eugene O'Neill piece uh, for the Irish rep. Mm-hmm. And um, we were just about to go into tech when the pandemic shut us down. So the Irish rep, uh, talk about creativity. They uh, came up with the idea of filming this project and uh, we, they sent everybody in the cast in their own homes, uh, their costumes, the, a piece of the set that they needed, their props, a green screen, uh, a cell phone stand, wow. lighting equipment. And we all filmed ourselves on our phones wow. <laughs> in our own homes. <laughs> And Amazing. it got edited into a film that is utterly remarkable. Um, unfortunately, it has aired already. Uh, and uh, because of, you know, union guidelines, uh, SAG uh, union guidelines, uh, it had to finish uh, its air date. But, yeah, the Irish rep is still looking at a way to get that back up again on a streaming service of some sort. So hopefully um, that will be viewable again. I also did an audio version of uh, of Macbeth, 
so that just aired over the Halloween weekend. Uh, and I'm doing other readings now, new project, working on a new project right now, uh, doing a reading of, of that. It's a really wonderful piece, very strong piece, uh, very Black Lives Matter. Uh, mm. And it's a, it's a very powerful piece. I'm working on that this week. And I'm doing a reading of uh, uh, Shaw's Man and Superman. And that will be next. I'm doing a reading of that next week. Interesting. That will, uh, that will also go to benefit the Actors Fund. Yeah. You've mentioned the Actors Fund a couple of times now. I know you are a big supporter of a number of charities and organizations, two of them, uh, notably the American Cancer Society and, of course, the Actors Fund. In our last yeah. minute here, why are these near and dear to you? Well, the Actors Fund is near and dear to me for, you know, mm-hmm obvious reasons because it's uh it it helps people in my profession uh, in all walks of my profession not just actors even though the name just makes it sound that way uh and especially now uh because there are so many of our people are out of work that uh they need a lifeline and the actors fund has always been there for for people in my profession, but even especially now, they're being leaned upon so much to to help get to pay the rent, to mm-hmm. buy groceries, uh, little basics that that people little. I mean, they're they're basics that people need. Um, so they're important that way. And the American Cancer Society is uh, uh, is very close to me also because I have uh, I've lost way too many very close people in my family to cancer. Uh, I've lost my dad and I lost my, uh, the younger of my three sisters. And, uh, I have one sister now, uh, who is, uh, dealing with ovarian cancer. Mm. So, uh, it's, it's in my family and it's, um, and there's got, we've got to find a cure to this thing. Well, Robin, one of the things I'll share with you is that uh, our show is going to support both of your uh, these charities. We're going to uh, pledge Thank a donation. You, oh, you're welcome, brother. We're going to pledge a donation to the Cancer Society and also to the Actors Fund. We're also going to post links up at our website so that people can go ahead and, and uh, donate to both of these organizations because obviously both of them are, are in dire need of, of, of funds and now more than ever. And just, we're going to do that, and we're going to continue to promote them on our website as well. Robin, in our last few seconds together, where could people learn uh, learn about your – you've mentioned a bunch of projects. I know you've got your website, but uh, where, where else could people learn what you are doing next? Uh, well, the, the website is a, is a good go-to. Uh, it's www.robertcuccioli.com. Uh, that's easy. And – uh, also, I have a, a, a Facebook fan page that people can uh, always subscribe to, to like or whatever, and and uh, I post things on there that I am uh, going to be going to be doing or coming up. Well, our show is attracting listeners from all over the globe, Australia, Canada, the UK, Taiwan, Philippines, so you're going to have a lot more folks that are going to know who Robert Cuccioli is from around the world. 
Uh, and hopefully that'll add, uh, yeah, and, and that's going to add hopefully more to to your projects and to the furthering of everything you're doing. Robert, we appreciate so much you being on the show, my friend, and, and we're going to have you pleasure, back again Jay. next year. Well, listen, it's Thank been a you. pleasure, and I, I, I'm thankful that you've taken the time to to share your thoughts with our listeners today, and, and I look forward to having you back on the show next year. Thank you, and everyone, uh, let me just say, stay safe and uh, stay vigilant and know that we'll all get through this. Thank you, brother. Folks, we'll be right back after the break. Are your credit scores impacting your dreams? Maybe the dream of a new house or a new car or just better interest rate on your auto loan. My name is Sean Lane with FRS Credit, and we can help. Give us a call at 214-856-0068 so we can review your credit report, put a game plan together to help you achieve your dreams. Contact us today at 214-856-0068 or at frscredit.com. Contact us for your free credit analysis. Hi, this is Christina, CEO and founder of Tem Connect. I know this year has been difficult for many businesses and people in the workforce. Have your hours been reduced or possibly lost your job due to the pandemic? Are you looking to make up or earn an additional income by finding a side gig or a temp job? Are you a business that is currently looking to hire a full-time, part-time, seasonal, or temporary employee? Download Temp Connect from the App Store or contact me directly at 720-668-0988. Welcome back to Thrive Time with Jay Mamie. Welcome back to the Jay Mamie Talk Show. By the way, just a reminder, our show today is being sponsored by Evolve Bank and Trust Mortgage Company. You can reach out to John Estralago at 845-661-4049. He's going to assist you with all of your purchase and refinance needs. Lender NMLS number 441861. But right now, I'm excited to introduce to you Buddy and Karen Sharp. Uh, Buddy and Karen are really... Just a dynamic couple, and they are our featured business spotlight today for good reason, too. Buddy is the who's who of hairstylists around the world, and he's made more women look good than I could probably imagine he can count. (laughs) (laughs) So he's on our show today, and him and his wife are going to not only provide great value in terms of what they do and how they are able to uh, bring not only impact and, and great service and and just wisdom uh, to those who they meet, but just a little bit of the successes that they've had and, and what they're going to continue doing to, to make women and make men. And anyone who, anyone who has hair, and, and fortunately, buddy, you can't do that for me, but anyone who has hair feel very, very, very good about the way they look. Buddy Sharp, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Jay. I think I'll just sit here and listen to you talk for a while. It makes me feel good. <laughs> hey, I won't let you off the hook that easy. <laughs> yeah, because Karen is sitting here going, oh, I can't believe he's saying all that about you now. You're yeah. I hope we can get him through the door. <laughs> Don't worry, Karen. You'll have time to deflate him. You'll have time You have time to deflate him later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's been a good 42-year run. I've enjoyed being a stylist. And now Karen and I are off into a, a, different, a different realm that is allowing us to spend more time together. And as a, a, I guess, an older guy, I'm 60, <clears throat> excuse me, and as an older guy, I wanted to spend more time with her. So we've been able to create a successful second business, and I'm sure you've got questions on what that's all about. I, I do, and I, I think as we dive into that, because you just mentioned 42 years of working in the hair industry, it makes you an authority – 
Take us back a little bit, though, to what initially uh, interested you and inspired you to get involved in the in the hairstyling business. <laughs> you, I, somebody's probably told you this story before because I think that's why you've asked it. Uh, when I was 18 and right out of high school, I was one of 10 children. So college money in 1978 was not readily available. So my two older sisters decided since I was uh, one of the youngest in the family that we needed a hairdresser in the family to save family some money. So they hmm. kind of told me a different story and said that they enrolled me in a barber school, which they enrolled me in a cosmetology school. And so I had to go down as a football playing, baseball playing. I was your typical average American guy. And so I go to this cosmetology school and I'm sitting in the office of the recruiter. And to this day, I remember the comb over. I remember the, the polyester suit. And this guy, he says, you really don't want to be here, do you? I said, no, sir, I don't. <laughs> he said, well, in order to give you your refund back, which was $100, my deposit, yeah, $100. I was thinking, oh, my God, I got $100 today. All right, so he says, I got to take him shade school. So we leave his office, and I can st- Jay, I can still see it today. We walk out of his office, down the hallway, and we hang a left into the main uh, hair room. And there's 130-something 18- and 19-year-old girls. And I'm telling you, Jay, the first thing that goes through my mind was, what's a year? What's a year? <laughs> <laughs> Do this. <laughs> that, was, that was the beginning. And now 42 years later, I've traveled the entire North America, all over Europe, worked with some of the greatest uh, probably the most famous stylists that you've never heard of that are the most talented. And that's that's what I've been able to do. And and here I am talking with Jay Mamie. Yes, the highlight <laughs> of your career. The highlight of your Our career. A-Y. And I don't even have hair. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I don't have to perform at a high level. That's right. <laughs> Listen, a towel for me works just fine. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. So how did you arrive at becoming the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders hairstylist? I mean, that must have been quite a big deal. Well, I was introduced in 1990 to the um, a lady that was working in sales for the Dallas Cowboys out at uh, the old Texas Stadium in Irving, Texas. And her name was Kelly McGonagill, and we, I started doing her hair, and we became good friends. And she was working in sales. She was a prior Cowboy Cheerleader. Well, after just a couple of months, she got hired as the assistant director of the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleaders, and then she asked me if I wanted to help judge as a stylist. And, of course, my my jaw still hasn't gone back into place hmm. because it just dropped right there. So I, I became a judge, and then a couple of weeks later, she was asked to be the director of the squad. I think one of Jerry's best decisions was to ask her, to direct the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. Well, that, and, so that, that's how I, and that's how I became the official stylist for five years from 90 to 95, three Super Bowls. Wow. And it was the heyday. Wow. And it allowed, yeah, and it allowed me to go all over the, the North America and Europe and teach and to uh, go on tours with them and meet some of the really incredible people that I've met. And even today, I still run into people that I've met when I was doing that, and it's it's very fun, very flattering. I have to admit. 
Well, that sounds like a great, great, great experience. And now here you are, you and Karen are pivoting, staying within the highway. I think it's important for people to understand that if you're successful in in a highway, in other words, there's things you do well, it's okay to create different lanes within that highway, but to stay in the highway is what's going to give you the chance to have a greater probability of success. And here you are now creating another lane within the highway that you have traveled for so long, you and Karen are working this together. Karen, tell us a little bit about this this new business that you are um, developing with Buddy, this new, this new journey in life now. Well, you know, I, I was in corporate America for 25 years, and part of, you know, and I was, I was a paralegal, and as you know, corporate America, you go to work and you work for somebody else and you work on their time. You, you do what they ask you to do. You, get, you have to ask for vacation. You have to ask, you know, those types of things. Um, you trade time for money. And so, you know, we had a daughter 16 years ago, and one of the worst days of my life was having to go back to my job and leave her with, you know, at home. That was just, that killed me. And so I knew then that, I didn't want to do that forever. I didn't want to be away from her, you know, nine to five, 10, 40 hours a week. So I actually got laid off about seven years ago. And Buddy and I decided that we were going to do something different. And um, Buddy, of course, was already an entrepreneur, already self-employed. I had never been. So it was a small adjustment for me. But it didn't take long. And I realized this is this is really the path that I want to take and we want to take together as a team, um, because our why was so big that we wanted to be have time freedom. We wanted to have time with our daughter. We wanted to be able to, to do what we wanted to do, what we wanted to do, and have control of our of our finances and our lives. So that's kind of that was the decision we made, and we joined um, a hair. Just so, so happened that a a hair network marketing company came around uh, about six years ago, and that was you know Buddy's wheelhouse. And so it just kind of took off from there. And what is the name of this new business? Because as we begin to wrap up the segment, I want people to know what you're involved in and where to where to track you down to learn more about it. The easiest way to find us is at BuddySharp.com. And as Karen was saying, our why was so that we could spend more time together. And as as a married couple of 23 years, we wanted to spend time not only with her and I, our daughter, our grandchildren. But so what we did is we found a an avenue that, as you say, it's on the highway. But as I say, it's in my wheelhouse, so I can stay in the realm of hair. Mm-hmm. And the name of the company that we promote is called Monate. And what we do is now we know the why, we know what we have to promote. And so what we did is we created a teaching program of who to market it to. And there's where our success has come from. So we've got our why, our what, and our who. And then we also have the Buddy Sharp Show podcast, The Hair Authority. So with that, we've been able to transfer that information that I had before as an entrepreneur and as a capitalist, which I love being a capitalist. Mm-hmm. The baby of 10, I love having a little bit of money. And mm. so we have to – promote that. And we teach people that you don't have to have $2 million in the bank to be successful. 
All you have to do is to be able to make money that lets you be happy. Hey, I appreciate you and Karen being on the show today as our business spotlight. And we're going to have you back again next year to continue to expand on this wonderful business that you're building. Is that a deal? That's a deal, man. Appreciate you. Well, folks, that wraps up our show. I want to give thanks again to Evolve Bank and Trust Mortgage Company for sponsoring today's show. Please call John Estralago at 845-661-4049 and MLS number 441-861. We'll see you next week.